Diversion Audio. Welcome back to Dear Skylar, where I talk to all kinds of amazing people about topics that I'm asked about as a transgender educator and activist. Things like sexuality and gender, but also mental health, race, sports, and so many things in between and beyond. Last week, I spoke with my Harvard coaches and we talked about what it was like to have me, a trans athlete, on their team and how they supported me through that process. If you missed that episode, I definitely encourage you to go back and take a listen. It was a very, very meaningful episode to me, uh, especially because I've never had a public conversation with my coaches about this. So take a listen to that. So usually the discussions about trans athletes in sports also include questions about the team itself. Of course, right? People, trans and cis alike, wonder what it was like for me to be on the men's team. What did the other guys think? Were they accepting? How did they support me? Or did they support me? So today we'll be addressing that question and we'll put it into one central question, which is how do teammates support their trans teammates? To discuss this, I spoke to the most logical option, which is a teammate. So today we'll be talking with Jack Manchester. Jack was a junior on the team when I joined, so he's a couple years older than me. And he was somebody who was very well respected on the team, not only an amazing athlete and swimmer, but also a leader. In our discussion, you'll hear not only about his reactions to me and his thoughts, but also a lot of the sort of behind-the-scenes conversations that happened when I joined the team, right before I joined the team, and while I was on the team. I actually learned some things that I hadn't previously known because I hadn't had this sort of in-depth conversation about my experience on the team with another teammate in this manner. So I'm really excited to welcome you all into this discussion and for you to meet Jack. Jack, I'm super excited that you're here with me today. Welcome. We're in my parents' house uh, or apartment in D.C., um, and we've set a a studio up in my bedroom. Um, So I'm excited that you're here because I don't think I've ever had you over at at our parents' house. So thanks for being here. No, yeah. First time. Awesome. It's good to be here. Um, Well, let's start with um, with just like a quick intro. Obviously, I know who you are, but for anybody who's listening, maybe name, pronouns, and then a quick one-line bio of some kind. Yeah. So uh, Jack Manchester, uh, he, him. Uh, and I don't know, quick bio. I mean, I was a swimmer for a really long time and now I'm, uh, you know, in DC doing, doing research and writing papers. So that's a continuation of college. Yeah, basically I just get paid now, which is nice. <laughs> that is nice. You don't have to pay them to write papers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, so in college you were a couple years above me. I think you're two years above me, right? Yep. Um, and, uh, and I remember when we, so when I first joined the team, Um, Kevin, our coach had actually asked me, uh, it took me a while to figure out that I wanted to to join the men's team because I was so afraid of what that meant. Um, and you know, not knowing anybody else on the team at the time, it was very daunting. I had, you know, never spent a lot of time with a bunch of guys in college. (laughs) Um, and so Kevin had said, Skylar can be a part of the men's team. And I know he talked to you all first, but for, for the audience quickly, could you tell who is, who is Kevin? Yeah, so Kevin Kevin was our head coach uh, for all four years for me and for you too. Yeah, uh, he's still there. I think he actually just won Ivy League Coach of the Year. Yeah, he did. So yeah, hey, big shout out, Kevin. <laughs> Do you remember that conversation at all? Um, yeah, you know, it was uh, it, it was you know, you walked into the locker room. I was like, does anyone have any problems with this? Mm. And uh, no, no one had any problems. And it kind of it kind of moved pretty quickly from there. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean. 
there was, uh, you know, I guess it, uh, some people being a little like just kind of taken aback. So it was just sure. a new thing. Right. Uh, and then, I mean, to be honest, you were so incredible and you're very outgoing and very easy <laughs> to talk to. So, uh, it made everyone super comfortable with it, I think, pretty, pretty quickly. Mm. Do you remember um, like what you felt when he first presented the idea to to everybody? Did, like, how did he did he email it? I, I know sometimes he just like wanders into the locker room. So um, it, was, it was a wander into the locker room <laughs> kind of situation. I yeah. think I think we like had a meeting, so you know everyone's right. going to the locker room. Uh, but you know, it's it's it, at first it was just it's just a new thing. So I was like, well, okay, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't really know what to think about it at first because you know. I mean, I hadn't had very many interactions with trans people. Had you had any? Uh, one or two, but also, I mean, maybe more that I just mm. didn't know about. Sure. Um, but, and, but like never in like an athletic context, sure. you know, like right. just kind of normal interaction kind of context. Right. Uh, and this was just kind of a new thing. So, it was just like, okay, I wonder what this is going to be like. Right. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> you train really hard and are just an all around great guy. So kind of set everyone at ease really quickly because, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know. I mean, anyone who's added to the team, you don't really know what to expect from them at first. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean... I think there's like, there's a lot of skepticism when there's, there's new people. Right. Um, and I think especially like the freshmen, I think people are excited. There's like this, I don't know, having, having eventually been an upperclassman on the team too. I think there's this like excitement for the new guys on the team, but a little bit of like, I don't know if, if skepticism is the right word, but, but, but hesitance because we mm-hmm. don't know them. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that was the case with me, but there was this sort of added layer. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's probably a good way of, of, of uh, putting it that it was just, and it's just like a different thing. Right. Um, from what, you know, I was used to, uh, sure. But it was never like, a. it was never seen as like anything bad or wrong or anything like that, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then also, I mean, you came in and, and we were also really fast too, which is always <laughs> great. Um, but I mean, that's a, just the new thing about whenever, like, like we were just saying, like with freshmen coming in, it changes the team dynamic. The right. freshman class kind of set the tone. I mean, yeah. it's now a quarter of the team. Right. So our class was also big. We had yeah. you know, 10 people. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 guys. So we were a third of the team. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, it's, you kind of want those guys to, you always want them to be like your class, but all the classes are different. Right. You know? Right. Uh, and which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're always kind of curious, like wonder what the team dynamic is going to be like now, what's going to change with what, um, but I mean, uh, to be honest, I thought everyone on our team was pretty great. Like class wise, we had, uh, some just some great guys. Yeah, I, I wonder. Um, I know that there were people on the beginning, especially that struggled um, with my presence there, and um, we don't have to name any names. But I'm curious if you remember. Um, you know, I, I, I remember the beginning being called the wrong pronouns several times. And, um, there was some stuff my freshman year, we can get into it it later that it was difficult for me, but, um, I'm curious if you have memory of, of like witnessing any of that or if like what, yeah, what your memory it was of people's reception of me generally, again, you don't have to like say anybody particular, but yeah, yeah, no, no. And and I'm putting anyone on blast, (laughs) but no, there was definitely, definitely a few times, uh, misgendering. Uh, I think that was probably the big one. Yeah. Um, and I, I think people got very good at, at correcting people mm-hmm. and it was always, you know, oh, shit. Yeah. Am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. You can, cur- okay. you can say whatever you're you like, say. Oh shit. You know? And, <laughs> uh, 
And I, I think that that kind of varied. Um, it, it may be among like certain company, like people wouldn't push back as hard trying to correct it first. Mm. Uh, but then, you know, once you were more a, a part of the team, you know, a little bit of time, you know, more established on the team, mm. I really that. I mean, I would like to also hear your experiences if it changed yeah. over time and, and got better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely think it got better. I think the first year was by far my most difficult year. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember just being terrified. <laughs> uh, I think it was so, you know, not only new because I, there was just people I didn't know very well. Um, but it was also just that I was, I think I was afraid of what people thought of me. I wanted to... I wanted to be man enough. I wanted to be included. I wanted to belong. You know, I had never cared before then. I'd only cared about swimming insofar as it made me good, right? I just wanted to practice to be good. And I think when I joined HMSD, when I joined our team, um, that was the first time I was like, I want to belong somewhere. I want to actually belong on a team. And so that combined with the fact that it was a men's team and that I was, a, I am a trans man, um, I think made me like really think about my masculinity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, curious. it's hard not to when you've got a bunch of rowdy guys <laughs> screaming, yelling and, you know, <laughs> late with like lifting weights and stuff like that. Exactly. Uh, I mean, honestly, so there was, there was a time, I don't know if you remember this, but mm-hmm. you and I both had shoulder problems. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we were doing a, a kick set together, yep. underwater set. Yep. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I yeah. have such a clear memory of that set. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It was not a fun set. Yeah. Tell me uh, about it. <laughs> no, I mean, it was just, it was the first time I think that you and I were really training together because you were yep. doing a lot of breaststroke and I was a backstroker. So right. for people who aren't swimmers, that means you don't train as much together for like main sets and things like that. Right. Uh, but I remember, you know, we were just pushing each other yeah. and that was the first time I was like, oh, damn, he can, he can swim. He's, he's <laughs> you know, working himself. Uh, so that was, you know, as much as men's teams, you kind of end up like having to earn respect in some ways. Sure. And for me, that was a big, like, you know, you work hard and you're a really good swimmer kind of mm-hmm. earn your respect kind of thing. I remember that set. I was scared of you. <laughs> um, I mean, at the time, so you were two years older, you were a junior then. And I was, yep. I was a freshman. Um, and I felt so like that was another layer that you just brought in my shoulder. So I had, I had, had torn a couple of things, in my shoulder, you had also had shoulder problems. Um, and I, mine wasn't going to get better, right. Mine only got worse after, after that. Um, but I not only was feeling like I couldn't belong on the team cause I was trans, but I also was like, I can't even practice with everybody else. So mm-hmm. anyways, I, I, one day, cause you had then started your shoulder problem as well. Um, we did that underwater set. That was so hard. I still remember the whole set today. Do you remember like the actual set? I, I don't remember it in its entirety, but I know that there wasn't a lot of breathing. There wasn't a lot of breathing. We were doing, it was, it was four twenty fives, which doesn't sound that bad. So yeah. for anybody who's not a swimmer, that's four lengths of the pool. You do them individually, but you can't breathe the whole, whole length. We'd have four, four, um, four sets of that. And then we, we did that. I think it was like six times Yeah, and we started at like an easy interval. I mean, it went down all the way to four on 20. Yeah. And that was horrible. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, not fun. <laughs> um, but I remember it was the, probably like the second to last round. So the second to hardest round. And I was ready to give up. I was like, I can't do this. Um, and you were like, no, you have to, like, you looked at me, you were so intense in that moment <laughs> and you were like, no, you have to. And I think what, what did you say? You said you were something like, um, when, you know, when we, when we get injured, we don't work less, we have to work harder or something. You, you said something to me like that. Yeah, and I was I like, oh crap, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this. Um, and, and so we did, we both did it. Um, but do, yeah, do you remember that moment where you said Yes. That? Yeah. No. And, and yeah, this was, uh, you know, a, a big point when I was like, wow, like, 
you know, cause it's tough yeah. and it's, it's very easy to on those underwater sets, but like, I can't, I can breathe. Yeah. yeah. You know, like how am I supposed to keep going? Yeah. And like having people like pushing you, you know, and like, that's what I think being a good teammate is too. Yeah. Being like, no, we're doing, yeah. you know, cause sometimes you just need like a little bit of like, we're just going to do it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, but, and I, and I had, you know, a, a lot of teammates were like that for me who were older and, you know, kind of wanted to do that for, for younger guys too. So, yeah. uh, and you said yes, which <laughs> people don't always say yes. Um, some people are like, no, <laughs> you know, and it's easy yeah. to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I felt um, I felt called to step up in that moment. And and I think a lot of things converged for me in that moment. And it's funny because um, I always remember that set. But you and I, I think because we didn't overlap a whole lot in college, right? we only had two years together. My first year, I, I was so like, I don't know, deer in the headlights. I feel like we didn't connect a ton past that set. Yeah. Um, and after you graduated and it was my senior year, there was, uh, we had like a, a preseason team get together and we were hanging out. Um, and I remember you coming up and telling me, Hey, do you remember that set? Yeah. I still think about, I still think <laughs> yeah. about that set. Yeah. And you came up to me and, t- and, and told me that. And it was so, it was so interesting. I think, you know, to your question earlier about finding belonging over time on the team, I think I found every year it got, you know, markedly better. My senior year being definitely the best. And then actually, even since leaving, I have a even stronger sense of belonging, I think, on the team um, or with guys that I've still connected with. I was just curious, actually, if that was similar to your experience, if like that was a similar trajectory for you. Yeah. I mean, so I think you get so close to this group of guys and you kind of go out into the world and, you know, you're, you make new friends or, you know, you're in a different city from everyone. Uh, luckily enough, there are a few guys still here in DC, so I yeah. get to see them. Uh, and there's a few guys in Boston too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got you know DC, Boston, New York. I think have like okay crews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you know it's you're ne- you don't. I mean, maybe I'm speaking for too many people, but you don't feel as close to a lot of people because you yeah. didn't go through this kind of formative like college years and then like training too. I think it's a huge part. Yeah, like struggling through sets together and yeah. and having that shared kind of. Uh, I don't know. Challenges. Challenges. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're also spending, you know, more than 20 hours a week at least together because we're 20 hours in the pool period. Yeah. And then there's, you know, the half an hour in the locker room before and after. So there's now you've got, you know, an added hour every practice. And mm-hmm. so I feel like it's, a, I mean, it's a ton of time, at least as much as like a full-time job. Yeah. I, I think in, in college too, people were like, oh, there I go the swimmers. And it'd just be like a group <laughs> of like 20 guys. Yeah. Like eating together, you know, <laughs> you know, going out drinking together. Sure. You know, all of that. Yeah. So you, you get really close to people and, yeah. and then you graduate and you're like, like, so just recently got to uh, go to one of our best friend's weddings and, yeah. uh, you know, it was incredible. And, you know, it's, it's so great to see your friends like kind of growing up and like, you know, changing, I don't know, life changes, but you know, they're still like your best friends. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, no, I saw, I saw all the photos from that, um, from, from your class all going, I think it was so beautiful because you all went halfway around the world yeah. um, or just not halfway the whole way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious kind of going back to that moment um, when Kevin was talking to the team. Uh, I'm still just, I'm so curious about that moment because I, I've actually really never gotten to talk to any of the guys who were there um, about this. I just never thought to ask, but Kevin, Kevin came to me probably about, um, I don't know, a week after that conversation. Um, I think he had actually talked to you all maybe even before he talked. I can't remember the order, but basically he came to me and he was like, everybody says it's fine. And I was like, what do you mean? Everybody says it's fine. <laughs> like what, what, what does that mean? And he's like, well, I just said, I talked to the team and nobody has any problems. So we'll go for it. And so I've always just been like, 
I, I can imagine the guys being there and I can imagine if somebody had a problem, they would say something because mm-hmm. I feel like we have a pretty talkative team. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious if like, and again, share what you feel comfortable sharing. If people then, when they left that conversation, if they talked more about it, if people were like, what was the atmosphere like, I guess? I yeah. That makes sense. So I, I think it was probably, you know, uh, people left and there was definitely a lot of people being like, I guess like I'm okay with it. Like right. no, there's yeah. no real reason I'm not okay with it. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so there was, there was some of that, but there wasn't like a, like a ton of pushback or anything. It was like, it was just like kind of, it was kind of sudden. Mm. Uh, I mean, uh, none of us had known anything about it until that meeting. Sure. Uh, yeah. And kind of just came in and was like, there's a trans guy. What yeah. Do you think? And yeah, exa- pretty much. Well, he's a pretty like straight to it kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just walked in, sat everyone down and was like, Scott was going to join the team. Is that okay with everyone? Mm. And, um, no one said anything. He goes, all right. And then he just walked out and was like, all right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and it, uh, of course people were like, oh, you know, kind of sudden, but, right, um, right. I, there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of like, I don't know. I mean, it, our, our team is not super, I guess. Trying, I'm trying to think of what the word would be. I don't know. I can't, I can't. I mean, like, it's like our team is pretty open to doing a lot of things, I yeah. guess. And, um, well, before I joined the team, I, somebody told me this actually, I think it was like a, uh, I don't know, like a, a here, here, like an offering to me, Kevin, Kevin was like, well, we've had openly gay people on the team before. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something the women's team hadn't had. Right? Oh, when right. I, when I had come out to Steph, the women's coach, she was like, I mean, she was very supportive of me. She was like, yeah, let's do this. Like, um, we'll figure it out. You know, I support you, but I don't know any trans people. And I, the, the team has never had openly gay people either. And I was like, wow, that's, that's going from zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, um, when I, when I talked to Kevin, he was like, well, actually we've had openly gay folks on the team, right? That's actually a very funny, you hear about this conversation about him coming out to the team. No, we all, I thought, didn't. We all thought he was leaving the team. And so, uh, uh, this guy was, he came out and he, he like, we all sat down and it was a really somber mood. Yeah. And like, he was like, Hey guys, I just, you know, I really have something to tell you. And he's like emotional about yeah, it. Yeah. And which is completely understandable. Right. Uh, and then, it, and then he came out to us and yeah. everyone was like, thank God. <laughs> Cause you know, he's one of our best swimmers. We were right. like, oh, we thought you were leaving. Yeah. Uh, and then at that same moment, another guy far less emotional stood up and was like, I'm also gay. And then uh-huh. sat back down and was like, okay, like we, <laughs> you don't have <laughs> to scare that. us like this. Yeah. yeah. That that's an incredible story. And I, I, you said when you, the first thing you said was, was thank God this person not leaving. And one of the things I think is, is, is beautiful about the team that I was told before I joined is, is actually that I was told some version of that story, um, which was that the guys didn't care that, that, that people were, were whatever actually on the team, as long as they did two things, one did good in school and two tried in the pool. Um, and I think that was actually something that even you told me the first time I met the whole team was at a pre-frosh weekend. And I went around asking everybody on the team if they would be comfortable with me being on the team yeah i remember that. um i guess i could be even more frank i actually went around asking everybody on the team do you remember the question i asked everybody <laughs> uh no I, but I remember you walking around yeah yeah I, I walked around the whole team it was, we were at like a party of some kind and i i asked every <laughs> single guy on the team if they'd be comfortable with me being on the team and the way i asked them because i was silly um was will you be comfortable with me being a man a man on the team without a penis <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no i remember I that everybody <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> 
Um, I don't know why that was the way I decided to ask the question, but um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that weekend? Oh, I mean, I mean, those weekends are always a very good time and a great way to start bonding with all of the, right. you know, uh, freshmen coming in and everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, <sighs> Again, did you? Did, what was your responses from everyone? Everyone was like, "Sure." Most people were just, "Yeah." I mean, <laughs> taken aback by the most people, I think, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I think most people actually. I don't think people were that surprised. I mean, it might have been, you know, the tenor of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's um, say I think, but but I think that um, it's not abnormal for yeah. us to walk up to each other and just start. Yeah, people yeah. ask people all kinds of questions, and I think that was something that actually emboldened me because I I felt that people were comfortable uh, to some degree with me asking questions like that. Um, yeah, most of my answers I I got plain like sure, what sure like kind of answers, and Sean's answer actually is the one I'm sh- I'm sure he'd be fine with me. His answer is the one I remember the most because he laughed and he was like, "Of course, why not?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and was just like I, I, there was like a jovial sort of like why not kind of vibe from people, um, which always surprises me even when I go back and remember it. Um, but, but that, I mean, that's been a consistent way that I think the team has received me in, in many ways. Um, and I think kind of to an, an earlier point that you had said, I think when there were mess ups, I think the team responded really well um, in terms of like adjusting. So um, you might remember or know where I'm going with this, but there was a particular Christmas that we had. Um, we were, it was a, a J term, right? A, a, um, what is a J term for everybody who doesn't know? Um, um, winter break. We, we had, yeah, we had a month off where it's not a month off for us because we just had to swim for a month <laughs> and there's a lot of swimming and not a lot of anything else. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and mostly we're just like hanging out. So we yeah. fill the time, right? And one of the things, can you explain what, what Secret Santa is supposed to be? Because we don't, we do it more like what, we do a different type of Secret Santa. So do you remember exactly what that meant? Well, Secret Santa was more like you get like gag gifts, right? joke gifts, um, stuff like that. Yeah. For like, so everyone gets a person on the team and you get them something. The the main point of, of, of our type of Secret Santa was was a roast, right? It was supposed yes. to be funny. Yeah. It was supposed to be silly. Some people took it too far, but mostly it was funny. And you jabbed at people in a place that like, I think for the most part, people were aware that that was the the funny thing on the team. For example, I was obsessed with taking pictures of clouds for most of college um, and sunsets. And so somebody would like, I think one year I got a bunch of uh, something that had to do with clouds because people were making fun of me for the clouds, yep. whatever. Yep. So it was supposed to be, and I knew like it was funny because I knew that was something that people made fun of me for. It wasn't a big deal, whatever, right? So generally speaking, a roast was supposed to be silly, not take it too far, but every once in a while it happened. Mm-hmm. So this was my, I think it was my second year on the team um, because I was living in the quad, mm-hmm. where you all were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, so in my, I actually went back and read the journal entry before <laughs> before we had this conversation. Um, and I was, I, I was last, like, or rather I received my gift last and the person who had the guy who had my had me stood up um he looked around the room and he said here's some wieners and he threw them at me and he said because it's fun to pretend and right so sausages wieners right we tracking hopefully the joke yep quote unquote joke and um he threw them to me i remember catching them and the room being silent nobody nobody laughed nobody said anything i caught them i looked at him I looked around and I laughed because I didn't know what else to do. And in the moment I was like, I was, I was 
I was panicking, honestly. Um, and the thoughts that went through my brain were, oh my God, does he really see me this way? Like essentially not man enough. That's what my brain translated. Does everybody see me this way? All eyes are on me. If I don't laugh, then I'm going to look like some kind of coward. I'm going to look like, you know, some kind of like, I'm not man enough. It's going to add to this whole problem. That's the start to this. So I laughed. Um, and when I did, everybody else laughed as well. And that I was the last person to go. So it was a very weird vibe after that. Um, and everybody kind of hung out for a bit and I left. Um, I went back to the quad where I lived, um, cried a lot, called a couple of my friends and I decided, cause I, I was just like, I was so conflicted about what to do. I was like, do I tell the team I'm upset? Do I write them an email? Do what do I do? Because I, I didn't, I so badly didn't want to come off as like somebody who couldn't take a joke, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I wrote an Instagram post actually. Um, I wrote an Instagram post and I think, I mean, you remember this, I'm, I'm sure, but, um, for anybody, you know, does it, which is most people. <laughs> um, I wrote an Instagram post and I purposely did not name the person. I didn't say it was a teammate. I actually said it was just a friend. Um, and I didn't say anything particular about it. I just said a friend made fun of me for not having a penis, basically. Um, and then the following morning, I received a text from somebody um, on the team who said, um, the guys are upset that you put this person on blast on the internet. I think we should call a team meeting. I don't think this was okay. I'm sorry. This guy was telling me, I'm sorry. I didn't stand up for you. I think what happened is wrong. You shouldn't have to stand up for yourself. Let's call a team meeting. So we did. Um, and I'm curious because I know that you also were, you know, on the team at the time. Um, and I, um, yeah, I'm curious, like, you know, what your memory of it was. I, Cause well, I'll explain the team meeting in a moment, but up until this point, kind of where were you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely remember this. Um, this definitely, yeah. And I, again, like this is just being a bad teammate in times and, you know, I can't no, I, all I, time. I, I don't think you're bad I probably should have, <laughs> well, you know, I probably, we should have stood up and like, you know, um, it was pretty clear to everyone that, that it made you very upset. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely a joke that went way too far. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we should have uh, probably handled it differently and, and making an Instagram post is like, you know, not that bad of a thing. Like, mm. You know, it's like not something to get super upset about. But, well, but I get it because like what happened and it's not that I, you know, I think that I, sh that you all should have gotten mad at me for making posts. That, that's a side where, you know, way past that now. Um, it's more that like, that was the outlet that I felt that I had. Mm -hmm. And so when I will, we'll, I'll explain what happened on the team. And then I'd love to hear your thoughts because when we, when, you know, that guy called the team meeting, had the team meeting, I actually went and saw the guy who would get, who would, throwing the, the sausages in the first place first um, and had a great conversation with him. We can, you know, move past that. The team meeting, um, the guy who called the meeting explained what, you know, why this was wrong. He had gotten my consent to do that at first. And then he says, Scott, do you want to share anything else? And I stood up and I said, I want everybody to know that I, I wasn't ready to come to the team to talk about it. And I wanted to talk to people that I knew would get it because a lot of my followers are also trans. Mm -hmm. um, and it felt at the time sort of a community for me that I, that I had. Um, and one of the things I think that actually you had, had asked and this, I have like the line written down in my journal, actually, you had said, um, what can we do better in the future to continue to support you because we didn't know any better. Um, and so when you say now that you, you know, you should have handled it differently, I think, you know, objectively, yes, <laughs> but subjectively, I don't think, I don't think people knew what to do. You know, it was a bit of, I mean, you know, a bit of a panic moment yeah. when it's dead silent, you know, <laughs> everyone's just like, what should you do? Right. Um, 
and so I think that's part of it. And I mean, to be honest, you, you, you handled it really well. And also having the team meeting and everyone sitting down and being like, you know, we're sorry. Yeah. We shouldn't, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like looking back, of course, it's like, you know, why do you think that's okay? But, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of us based mostly from the benefit of having you on the team, mm-hmm. you have, you know, become much better at being allies and, mm-hmm. and kind of navigating that, uh, being more willing to, to kind of speak up about, about those kinds of issues. Because if it, if you've never had to deal with it and it's just sudden and like, you know, you're like, okay, I need to be better about this. You know, right. obviously, you know, this is something that's obviously going to upset you. Right. You know, it's like not okay. Right. Um, and, and I'm actually, I'm curious to hear what the conversation would have been with that, with that guy afterwards. Yeah. With the guy who threw the sausages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I went and found him in like a, a library room somewhere. Basically the guy who called the team meeting um, had said, I think you should talk to the guy who threw the sausages first um guy called the had guy with the sausages this is how they call them because i don't want to name them but you know he said you should talk to him first because i think it'd be better you know to have that conversation before you go and confront the team and i agreed so i said okay um texted him and he immediately responded and was like yes let's talk please um i had remembered as soon as he threw the sausages and there was that moment um i remember right before i left the the common room i remember him trying to catch my eye like i i, I had surveyed the room to see if anybody was noticing that i was leaving mm-hmm. um which I think that they did, but I, I caught his eye and I remember him like smiling at me. I, I, it felt like, it felt like him trying to say like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, it, it, let's talk. Like everything's fine. So I, I had felt sort of apologeticness from him, if that makes sense. Anyways. So I, I had the conversation and I found him, he was in a tiny little room at the back of one of the libraries. Um, so luckily we had sort of like a private space to have this conversation. Um, and I think he was immediately apologetic. He was immediately like, I, I, you know, I, I went too far. I talked to some of the other guys. Everybody said that, you know, that only I could do it because we had been close friends. Um, mm. And and the, the messaging had been that because he was close to me, it would have been okay. Whereas mm-hmm. if it was somebody who wasn't close to me, um, that would have like crossed the line essentially somehow i think yeah yeah i mean i also think that it would have been far worse like i also think it would (laughs) so what i explained to him was like i get your logic um and it had the opposite effect because i because i was close to him Mm -hmm. because i had trusted him i was like wow does he really see me that way and when i say see me that way for anybody who wouldn't understand it, it it felt like i just wasn't man enough it felt like i had been constantly just seen as you know the guy with different parts or you know like as frankly as possible the guy with a vagina and i you know while those things are true i don't want to be seen as that right mm-hmm. and i, I want to be seen as more than just by private parts mm-hmm. as i think most people do <laughs> yeah um so i think that was kind of what what was uncomfortable for me and 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 the the guy especially because i had trusted him i the thoughts that ran through my brain between the time where he threw the sausages and the time when we had the conversation was i can't trust him anymore he we're not really friends he doesn't really see me as part of this team mm-hmm. um and then that you know um expanded to the rest of the guys on the team i thought oh nobody sees me as part of this team because nobody said anything everybody thought it was funny um so the conversation I think went very well. Um, I cried for most of it. I couldn't like, I couldn't hold it. And I was so, I think, I don't know what the right word is. I think upset is the best word. It's not specific enough, but um, yeah, I think I was, I was so betrayed. I think mm-hmm. actually is one of the words. Um, and then I was so immediately I sort of like slingshot to these other end, which I was actually so heartwarmed because his, 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 you know, response was very genuine. He was very apologetic. He was like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Um, and now I understand and you know, it never happened again, obviously. Um, 
So when we went actually to the the team meeting, I don't think he actually could come to the team meeting now that I, I think if I remember correctly. Um, and so you, you had been one of the first people to stand up and say something. Cause after I was done, I said, I'm, I'm, you know, open for any questions. Cause I, I really, and this was something that I did the entire time on the team, which is, yeah, this is, and also this also makes everything, I mean, I guess speaking for myself, but it's really easy to talk to you when you're so open, which honestly is just a huge burden on you, <laughs> but you know, you doing that actually made everyone very like, you know, okay, you know, I, I I'm learning. Yeah. It's my first time, you know, swimming with the trans man. Yeah. So, you know, I, we did want to do better and we didn't, you know, you were, you were our teammate. So we didn't want it to be like, you weren't our teammate, you know, right. we back each other up and we like to, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know, do the right thing for each other. We'll be right back with dear Skylar in a minute. That was actually what struck me. It seemed like during the team meeting, because I, I remember a couple other guys standing up, many said what you said, and then a couple stood up to say, I'm really sad you didn't feel more comfortable coming to us first. Um, and it seemed like actually most of the anger or the pain or the the upset that was on the rest of the guy's side was, why didn't you trust us? What, what did we do that created this environment that you didn't trust us enough to tell us first. Um, I think that was, I think part of what you had actually felt at some point as well. Oh yeah. Well, I think that there's a big like thing with the team. Like, you know, when someone has a problem with someone, we try to handle it within the team. Right. Um, instead, instead of like, I don't know, talking to Kevin first or something like that, unless right. things get really bad. Anyways, right, right. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you have to talk to Kevin. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that there's definitely like a, and, and it's not always a good thing, but right. there's a big, like, you know, we need to trust each other. We are our teammates and so right. we should handle it within the team and, and things like that. But, um, I, I think that was the main thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think people also kind of understood that <laughs> it's not easy, no matter who you are, Yeah, you know, to, to come, like to say anything to the team, be vulnerable sure. with the team. Sometimes you're like, you yeah. know, like I got to come in here and, you know, um, if we end up using that clip, like come, you know, come out to the team. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard and yeah. it's, it's not because, uh, you don't think these guys love you or trust you or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's just, you know, you're being vulnerable with a bunch of guys, which sure. isn't always an easy thing to do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, there was all those things are true. And there was an, an added layer of feeling very alone, I think, mm -hmm. um, especially because I didn't have other people like me on the team. And yes, there were other openly, um, there were other openly queer people, another gay person was on the team at the time. Um, but it was different, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and especially with that moment where it was about the fact that I didn't have a penis like everybody else. Um, I think that was like, I, I didn't know how else to have that conversation. And it was literally about my genitals, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think, which is, you know, I, I had spent some time trying to tell myself it was okay. Right. Most of the time before I came to the team and actually why I hadn't come to the team first wasn't because necessarily I didn't trust you all to hear it. It was because I wasn't sure if I wanted to, to come to the team first, right. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if I wanted to make this a, a deal. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had actually had a conversation with, with uh, one of the other guys later. And I was like, well, it's not that big of a deal. I make fun of myself for not having penis. And he said to me, Skylar, that's different. Like you can make fun of yourself for whatever you want. But when you, when, when the whole world is calling you not a man because of this one thing because you don't have a penis we shouldn't have a teammate doing that to you as well mm. and that that struck me that a he he recognized that um and b that that you know he was saying that to me and i was like yeah you're right we we shouldn't have that and that's why i feel this way um 
but we had this, you know, one of the things that, that I, when I look back on this moment, when I've reflected on this moment, it was, it started as the worst moment on the team. I think that I'd ever had, um, feeling totally alone. Like I didn't, you know, couldn't trust anybody. Um, and it actually turned into, first of all, the best, one of the best practice. My, my journal says I had the best practice that I've ever had on the team so far afterwards. Um, and I think it actually ended up being one of the most positive memories of my time on the team because I, I felt so heard. Um, and as I have drifted into becoming more of an, a, an educator these days and talking to people about trans inclusion and teaching all these trainings, um, that's actually what I tell people. It's not about not making the mistake, but it's how we, how we shift after the mistake has been made, mm-hmm. right? What do we do to adjust afterwards? Um, so kind of shifting forwards from that moment, um, after we, after I graduated, I, you and I actually went to a march together. Um, so, you know, this was, when was this? 2019, I think. Yeah. Maybe? yeah. It was pre-COVID. So yeah. Pre-COVID. Which there's so, a lot that's of how I mark things now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's not a lot of time after I graduated before COVID. So it had to be 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the fall of 2019, there was a big march in DC. It was the national trans march in DC. Um, and I think, I don't know how, do you remember how I reached out? Did I text you directly or was it a group text or? I think you texted a few of the the DC guys mm-hmm. and were just like, "Hey, you know, I'm coming down for this march. You know, yeah. if anyone wants to join." Yeah, and uh, I think, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, prob- probably. Um, I'm wondering what went through your mind when I when I texted you that because at that time you had been off the team for two years, right? Mm-hmm. Um and we hadn't been the closest in college, right? I think honestly, the most time we spent together was probably at set. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one on one. I mean, so yeah. I'm curious what went through your mind when I texted you that. Uh, so I mean, I guess I was just uh, one. I always want to support my teammates, and I also want to be you know a good ally. Um, and so I mean, why wouldn't I go and march with you? Mm. You know, that's kind of a least I can do kind of situation. Mm. Um, and it's also just great seeing you. So I also just wanted to see you to say, Hey, yeah. Um, Cause even though we didn't, yeah, we didn't spend a ton of time on the team when, when we were there, but you know, you're still like a teammate. Like if you see any of your teammates, you're like, right. Oh, Hey, like, you know, like yeah. to some extent you, this, you know, these are the guys you kind of know the most about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, aside from like other close friends and things like sure. that. But um, you know, so it was just, I, I wanted to support you. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially coming, coming out of college and, and you get older and you kind of learn more and you're like, Wow, you know, and like going back to those things, like yeah, I, we could have done some things better, you know. <laughs> and I, I think that's fairly obvious. Hmm. So it was just, and and honestly, I was also, uh, I was kind of taken aback a little bit that you would think, you know, to have me, uh, even for this, like to have me come hmm. and talk with you about these things, and hmm. that you feel comfortable enough to talk with me or invite me to march with you. Hmm. Uh, that was very kind of heartwarming and kind of an honor to me. Hmm. Uh, that at least you felt comfortable enough to ask me these questions and hmm. to to ask me to come march with you. And um, yeah, I mean, hmm. it feels good to have, I don't know, people support, I don't know, support's not the right word, uh, to trust you hmm. to, to kind of do these things with you. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, even thinking back on it, it almost like makes me tear up a bit because I, it meant a lot to me that you came. Um, I think I had... <sighs> I talk very positively about my team, my, my time on the team and my, my team, our team, um, because it, because it was, I think an overwhelming positive experience, especially from what I expected. Um, but I also really struggled on the team for a lot of the time there. Um, and there were these sort of glowing moments of connection. You know, my best friend still of all time is, is 
Kevin Dye from the team. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I got so much out of being on that team. And I spent four years often feeling like I was teetering on belonging, right? Either I was, I felt like it didn't belong, which was my freshman year. And then there were just moments where I, I stepped in and I was like, okay, I do kind of belong. And I have so many great memories, but it, it, it is, it is the great memories that are sort of the, the, not, it's not the outliers. It's just that most of the time I felt like I was fighting for some kind of belonging. And a lot of it, by the way, is internal, right? It's it was an internal battle because I had nobody else to look to, to be like, there are other trans athletes out here, mm -hmm. right? And somebody else understands my experience. It was always, like you said, it was me educating other people. And it wasn't that I constantly felt like I didn't belong, but it was that I didn't feel like I could bring all of my transness to the pool. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was, again, like I said, internal. A lot of it was an internal battle and a loneliness battle. There just wasn't another trans guy on the team. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so, trans guy swimmer. Yeah, anywhere, or any other. You know, like, yeah, yeah, literally zero other trans guy swimmers at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I felt very alone. And I think um, I only started inviting people into. I'm going to say into my transness, actually, the way that I have now, um, because it's it's one thing for me to be on the team and say, yeah, I'm taking testosterone. This is what it's like. Or, you know, I'm transgender. Here's what it means. Right. And it's another thing to invite you, for example, into what is sort of like a home for me. Uh, well, here, literally, you're in my in my home, but <laughs> but even more so than that to to a to a march, um, because at a march, I am my most trans self. That's I mean, that I'm like only trans in that moment. And mm -hmm. it's such an important and beautiful part of myself that I didn't feel I could truly share on the team because I wanted people to understand. Mm -hmm. And I wanted people to connect with me. And there's sort of like an initial layer that I felt like I needed to provide. And then that was it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so when I texted you, I actually was nervous. I was, I was very nervous to text you because I wasn't sure what the response would be. Not because I didn't, again, trust you to be a good teammate, but because I think people are nervous to go to those kinds of events. I think people are not sure how to present themselves. I think they're not sure how to be an ally. I think um, – some people are afraid of being seen as also trans or something and whatever that means to them. I'm not sure, but I, I'm always, I, I guess, and maybe this is just me, but I'm always a little bit nervous when I ask allies to be allies. Mm. Um, so it was really touching for me that you came. Um, and I, I remember you also brought, I think your partner, right? Your partner came. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My wife, Eileen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was such a beautiful event. We had such a good time. And um, I'm curious if you were, I don't know. What, what do you think about what I said? And also the, the actually being at the, at the march. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's one of those situations where this is a space that, I mean, I'm a straight cis het male, you mm -hmm. know, white too. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I go to these spaces and I'm not, you know, it's, it's a very safe space for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always most nervous that in those spaces I could make people feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. which is kind of a wild switch because I feel like a lot of, you know, queer people could feel like they could make other people uncomfortable yeah. with them being in like very straight, you know, cis places or something like that. Sure. Uh, so it was, it's one of those things where I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable or make other people feel like they can't be who they want to be mm. um, in front of me for whatever reason. And so I, I tried to kind of, and another reason why like you inviting me into this space mm. was so, you know, it meant a lot to me mm. <laughs> that you trusted me enough to come in there and not, I hope you thought that I wouldn't make people you did, uncomfortable. No, you did great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's not that hard to just be nice. Um, mm. So there's that I think is the biggest thing, like uh, going, going to marches like that. It's, it's mm. not wanting to intrude on a space where you, you're, I, I thought I was welcome and everyone mm. was extremely welcoming and everything, mm. mm -hmm. but you don't want to like overstep and, and, or, you know, 
I don't know, you, you want to be there for other people and, and understand that you're supporting them in this March, right? That you are not like, you know, necessarily, uh, the point of this march if that makes any yeah. sense yeah i mean i think you're you're reflecting on sort of one of the tenets of being a good ally is to not take up space that should be taken up by the people that we're fighting for right mm -hmm. um and we can translate to lots of different you know movements but um i think you I, I i was struck by how um comfortable you seemed actually at the march and how you you were just kind of you're there we were chatting i think um your wife seemed to have a good time as well and she connected with my friend who came my other friend mm -hmm. um and it just i you know when i go to those marches they they're they're so tough in many different ways because first of all we're not marching because we're excited we're marching because we don't have rights right yeah. we're marching because there's 400 plus anti-trans bills that are going on that are trying to criminalize pretty much every part of our existence um so there's there's a there's a devastation of why we're marching but there's also this like collective um so there's that collective grief but there's also this collective joy of being in community with each other mm -hmm. and i always find so much power from that and it, it honestly like i i've not gone to a single march where i haven't cried at some point because it's so powerful to witness our own power as like a trans and queer community. Mm -hmm. um, so I was curious if you felt that, if you felt any of that sort of community. Yeah, no, it, I, and I, I mean, it's it's very powerful to see a group of people that are like-minded and are just trying to, you know, fight for their rights and uh, and being there to help support that. It's it's very it's a very cool and like almost like illuminating thing into humanity and, mm. and trying to strive for a better society mm. uh, and what that struggle is like for a lot of people, because, you know, there are a lot of speeches of, you know, what people have gone through. Right. Uh, and obviously I would never have heard those stories right. if I hadn't gone. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a really powerful thing to watch people kind of go out there and like speak their truth and yeah. kind of um, try and rally a group of people to say, you know, be, deserve to be here and to live as we want to live. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's a pretty cool, powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, I always say that the, you know, the, the community, the connectedness, the power from the ancestors, whatever you want to call it is like palpable at these kinds of marches. Uh, that's something I felt at, at black lives matter marches as well, where it's just like, you can feel how much people are fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think everybody can, can sort of like, be energized by that to some degree or reminded like, I mean, I think actually what, what you said is even more powerful, reminded of, of humanity, right? And, and common humanity too. We'll be right back with Dear Skylar in a minute. That kind of brings me to the, where we'll start to wrap up. Uh, and one of the questions I have in wrapping up is, is yeah, is what, what is the difference between what you expected of me before you met me, right? When you were first told there's this trans guy and what maybe stereotypes you might've had mm -hmm. um, versus what you now know about me, like as somebody who actually you've been on team with, that you actually know, right? We've hung out outside of the team. Like, mm -hmm. I guess, can you take us through what you first thought of me versus what you now, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, to start when you, when I first found out you were joining the team, then this is just bad, but I was like, please, yeah. let's hear the bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. So then, yeah, put myself on blast a little bit. I was like, is he fast enough to be on the team? And, uh, and I looked up your times and everything I was like, oh, shit, you're actually faster than some of the guys who were already on the team. <laughs> and so that was, that was a big, like, oh wow. Okay. So he can make, you know, you can be on the team. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess I, I didn't know what to expect. Like personality wise, I don't, I don't think I had any, I thought you were just going to kind of be a person, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I, I didn't really expect anything to be weird or anything yeah. like that. 
uh, I mean, there's the the locker room, like like I don't know what the locker room would be like, but mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't exactly all just like walking around naked all the time. Yeah. So no, that was never really a thing. <laughs> no, it was kind of strange actually. If you're doing that, people are like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. So there was there was nothing like there's like no concern on any of those kinds of things that I think people right. get really upset about today. Yeah. But then if it, you were ever doing it, like, you know, being around a trans person, it's actually right. like such a non-issue. Right. Yeah. Most trans people also don't like to be naked. Yeah. Most people generally aren't <laughs> naked in front of <laughs> random people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I just to spin off for a second. I'll bring you back to your question, but, but the, like the, the, the concept that trans people are wandering on bathrooms completely naked, first of all, exposing themselves to the masses, which is a common current attack on Leah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea when she would ever be completely naked, exposing herself, walking around a bathroom. Most people, most trans people are terrified of bathrooms. Like I spent most of my childhood absolutely terrified of the bathroom. And I know that most trans feminine people have the same experience because we're far more likely to be victims of violence in the bathroom than we ever are to perpetuate it. Um, so just like a quick fact, which I, I know you know, but I think is important when we're talking this topic because yeah, I, nobody was, most of us weren't walking around naked anyways, but yeah. definitely not me. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, that was, that was, but you know, I, I think you really, I, you were an incredible teammate and so extremely generous uh, with, <laughs> you know, your time and educating us and, mm. you know, um, all of that. I was extremely impressed with how open you were. Mm. That I didn't expect. Okay. Uh, that's actually a big thing I didn't expect. Yeah. You were very open. You were very willing to answer questions mm. uh, and you were very willing to, you know, kind of be pretty vulnerable with the team pretty early on Yeah, with, you, you know, yourself and who you are, which I think is very brave and probably very difficult. Um, it was a very conscious choice as well, right? I had up until that point um, noticed that if I was around people who thought they couldn't ask questions, that they would be uncomfortable. Mm. And so I made a very conscious decision to say, okay, well, I will then be uncomfortable and I will answer the questions so that other people can then feel more comfortable by asking. So there's not this like red tape around me, you know, mm-hmm. and when they feel comfortable because they can ask you questions, then I will eventually also feel comfortable because they feel comfortable. And it was this sort of back and forth kind of thing. Um, but I will say, and so it's sort of side question to what you're asking. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, but um <laughs> is what, what about the people who don't want to do that, right? There's so many more trans people that don't want to answer questions the way I did um, and don't have the energy, don't have the trust. Because part of it is also that I trusted you all to not be assholes <laughs> um, and to ask me questions, honestly, mm-hmm. but kindly. Mm-hmm. Um, to respect you and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was there. That People didn't ask me disrespectful questions. Um, and I think that allowed me, like it was, it was two-sided, right? I trusted you all to ask good questions and to be kind and you'll ask decent questions. And for the most part, we're very kind. And so we could have this conversation where I felt comfortable educating. It was still a burden on me, but I, you know, still did it. And I think overall I wouldn't, I would never go back and change it. I don't regret it at all because I think it made us comfortable, right? As you're, Mm -hmm. as you're saying, but what about people who don't right? who can't do that or who can't answer the questions, don't feel comfortable. I also am very comfortable articulating myself. It's something that I would consider like a skill of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that allows me to be able to answer the questions. But what would you say, you know, to maybe a guy, maybe like yourself, you know, who is trying to welcome another trans person on team who that trans person is not comfortable answering questions? I mean, I guess I would say there are resources to educate yourself on. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, yeah. Um, you know, so it's and, and you shouldn't expect anyone to owe you anything or owe you any answers. 
Um, you were, ext- and again, uh, this is what was most surprising because mm. I, I really didn't expect you to, to be so open mm. with us, um, which it did make everyone feel a lot more comfortable. Sure. And yeah. I think, I mean, it, as much as like things like, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of problems with the anti-trans bills and stuff like that right now. Yeah. But I think that there's also more resources now yep. too. Yeah. Totally. Um, cause I, I mean, when I was in like high school, it, it really wasn't really a question that you got very often or even nope. talked about. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if you could find resources, like I, way I, back when. I know I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that now, you know, if you know what's happening and you want to be welcoming and, uh, and all of that, you should educate yourself and also just not expect them. And when, uh, whenever they want to open up to you, yeah. then, you know, great, but yeah. you shouldn't expect it. And it's, Again, if it's your teammate, like if you have a problem with you know them being trans, like it's kind of a strange thing. Just go out there and like play the sport together. Mm. Like you can make the sport the focus of your relationship, mm-hmm. and you don't have to focus on you know the um, yeah. I guess them being trans. Yeah. Like, and I think that was also a great way that you know we were able to to bond all of us as a yeah. team because you're all out there doing the same sport. Right. And to some extent, you know, uh, you're kind of and it, for me, you know, you're like my teammate first right. for anything and a right. swimmer with me. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, oh, yeah, he's also trans. Right. You know, so yeah. it's, you know, if if you I'm trying to think of a way to word this, but maybe if you're uncomfortable at first, you know, focus on just being their teammate right. and, then, and then be like, oh, wow, you know, they work hard. You know, they're a great teammate. So, you know, well, I can get past this or I don't know if you have any hesitations about about I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think what you're saying it's is actually, it's an earlier comment that you made bef- before. You, you said it's a it's a common humanity, honestly, right? Yeah. It's, when you said focus on what you're there to do, swim in this case, um, and who you are, teammate, um, I think it's about saying, okay, what actually do I have in common with this person instead of focusing on the one thing yeah, that yeah. I don't. This, you're much better at <laughs> articulating things. That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. You know, yeah. yeah, you're there with a common shared goal. Right. You know, let, you can let that be your relationship at first until, you know, they're more willing to talk to you about the struggles that they have, which I'm sure they are having probably, right. if especially, you know, uh, on higher levels of, I think in sports specifically, just because that's such a big thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, no, and I think, I think that the ability to connect with somebody because you've decided just to connect where you where you can and then to let the other connections come i think is is what most people miss with trans people because they'll go right especially the well-intentioned people will come up to me and they'll ask me all these kinds of very invasive questions and they won't start with like oh you're a person Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and i'm an educator so in many ways that is like part of what i do but in a person to person when people ask me really intense questions about my genitals or about my family history or about my surgeries or whatever um, I think they're missing, there's this gap of like intimacy that they've missed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of, of saying like, oh, actually, hold on, let me start back at like, oh, you're a human. Let me see where I can connect instead of let me dive into all the things that I don't understand first. Um, so I, I think it's also a suspension of, of, of not understanding, right? Saying, okay, I don't understand everything. Let me just start with where I do understand in our case, swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to what you had, what you're talking about, different expectations. So one of them was, like you said, was that, um, I was more open than you expected. Was there anything else that struck you as like different from what you expected a trans person to be? You know, I, I guess I didn't have a lot of expectations to begin mm-hmm. with other than it, it would probably be really uncomfortable for you at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of, I'm sure you felt very uncomfortable, hmm. but you really didn't make it seem like you were uncomfortable. Oh, good. I succeeded yeah, yeah. in masking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
which also made everyone else more comfortable. But again, yeah. this is just putting a lot of burden on you because mm. uh, it's it's it, that had to be tough. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to go in with any expectations when you you know it's yeah. never never been in a scenario where you know yeah. I had a trans teammate, so I was pretty. I guess I didn't really know what to expect. Right. Um, but I didn't expect you to be so wonderful. <laughs> and so, I mean, like it really was, you know, it's, it was a, it was a great experience mm. um, to like be able to have you on the team and kind of educate. I mean, this one's been really tough, like educate 30 other guys on, mm. on what being trans is, which is a burden that you should not have had to undertake. I chose to in many ways though. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. Um, and I think like, I, I, I always straddle this tension because I am so glad that I was able to, and that I had the privilege to be as open as I was. Cause I do think it's a privilege for many different reasons, whether it be because I was, you know, articulate because of the education that I've had, whether it's because I was going to therapy and when things were sucking on the team, I could go and rant to my therapist about it, whether it was because I had other friends and family that supported me, right. Lots of privilege to allow me the emotional grounding to be open. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't ever regret that and would never change it. And I have this other side of me that's I'm expected at this point in my life to represent all trans people, <laughs> not because I can, but because that's the expectation. Um, and so not every trans person wants to, or can do this openness thing. And that's valid. And that's, as you've repeated, that's, that shouldn't be the expectation for trans people. And I don't think it was the expectation of the team either. No. no. Um, in fact, as you said, it was not the expectation that I would be open but it's productive. And so I have this, like, you know, this tension between what's productive for me to do and what's valid, you know, for me to feel. Um, but, you know, sort of moving, moving from there, um, because I, we do have to wrap up, even though I could ask you questions about this all day. Um, you've mentioned a couple things that you've learned from your experience on the team. And one of the things I, I have thought, because while I did do, I did educate guys on the team, I did not spend every, you know, waking moment on the team, like, Educating people. Yeah. Um, a lot of the education, I think, from what I've heard, right, what people have told me was implicit. It wasn't mm -hmm. actually me sitting down and being like, this is what a trans person is. Like, this is what I need. Yes, I did that every once in a while. But for the most part, it was proximity to mm -hmm. a trans person that just said, ah, here's a trans person. He's actually kind of just a person. Exactly. Um, so I was wondering if you could sort of encapsulate what you did learn, if, if you can, um, mm -hmm. from being a, a teammate of a, of a trans guy. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think what you just said is probably the biggest thing. You're like, oh, he's just a person just mm. trying to, you know, be a good swimmer. And uh, there's really nothing different. Uh, it, it truly, I mean, there's really nothing different mm. um, as far as, you know, like being a teammate and, and like going out, you know, to team events and, and mm. uh, parties and stuff like that. Uh, didn't like team dinners and everything. Like there really was absolutely Trans zero. People have to eat too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's absolutely, <laughs> well, like, you know, you know, but you would come to the team dinners and, yeah, yeah. and there was no, like, I guess, disconnect really. Sure. Um, and so that was probably, yeah, the biggest thing was, was that, and the education came when people made mistakes, Yeah. which is the really hard thing to do, I think. Mm. But yeah, the, the biggest thing is, is just, you know, recognizing that you're just a normal guy trying to do normal things. Like, you know, like there's nothing really that crazy or, or special about having a trans teammate. It's just, you know, another teammate. Hmm. Um, and I think that was, uh, I guess, yeah, one of the biggest education is just, you know, just respect pronouns, respect the person and don't dig deep into something that probably don't want to talk about because there are definitely things that you don't want to talk about with relation to, you know, I don't know, like genitalia and stuff like that. It's kind of a strange yeah. series of questions to, sure. to ask someone. Um, would you ask a cis person that? 
I think that was one of the things actually that struck me about the team is that we were able to move on, right? One of my biggest fears about, for example, talking about the sausages moment um, was that I was going to make a big deal of it and I would forever, you know, wear that yeah. on my sleeve, mm-hmm. you know? And it was, so, it was so well moved on from that I, I actually forgot about it at certain times, right? Like I wouldn't, I would forget that that was a moment. I've, I've been working on a book and recently I have... I like had to dig it out of my brain to find it. And then yeah. I was like, Oh my God, that horrible thing happened. And actually it was this really good thing in the end. And anyways, my point is like, I think that we did a really good job on the team moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that with other people making mistakes too. And, you know, make, you know, I don't know, sending the wrong text, the wrong stream or, um, you know, saying something stupid to somebody else. I just, I found that we did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there, there was a, there's a good amount of like, we trust each other and we love each other. And so, you know, you know, apologize, move on. And, yeah. yeah. Do you think there was something unique about our team that allowed us to do that? Because when I, so I've traveled around the country, given over 450 speeches now. And the thing that strikes people the most is, is, is two things. One, Kevin and his like easy reception of me. Cause he, he really was just like, sure. If yeah. you identify as a guy and you want to swim and you're already into Harvard, why not swim for the men's team here? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he was really that simple about it. There was no other frills or whatever. Um, and then you all were kind of the same where it was like, are you going to try, <laughs> um, get good grades and, you know, swim well in the pool. Um, but it was so easy in many ways. And why, why do you think our team, because everybody I've talked to has been like, why do you think that happened with, with your team? And my answer has always been like, well, I think we had a really good group of guys and I got lucky. And I think I was really open and I think that helped, but those are my only answers. Yeah. And, and we throw also, I mean, um, we talked a little bit before, but you know, there were queer people on the team before right. too. Yeah. Uh, so that was like already a normal thing. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was normal for us to have, um, the queer community on the team. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like different or anything like that. Right. Um, which, and I think a lot of people actually, there are probably a lot, you people probably have a lot more queer teammates than they realize. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so there, that was already like an established, we kind of guys knew like to, to kind of be respectful. Right. Um, and a lot of things. Uh, so, you know, you getting, you know, joining the team, it was not that different, uh, in that context, mm. but of course it's, it's a little different, you know, but, um, it was the group of guys were already kind of ready to be very accepting. Mm. Um, they were primed, which, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think there are there are other teams, you know, and I've, I've heard some bad stories about like other teams. Some some teams don't have a great reception. Right. Um, I think swimming also is is also a bit better. I think that it's mm. usually a little bit more open. And mm. well, you know, we we yeah, I guess can do have some toxic masculinity for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that there's, there are teams that struggle with it, with accepting queer people a little more. Um, Well, I was, I was wondering if, if having queer guys on the team, me included, um, but queer guys period. And then, and then adding me as a trans man, if that affected any of like your views on masculinity in general and sort of like manhood, did it invite you to think about sort of like your manhood? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, that's a tough one. I, I don't know. I think, I think I was, I was primed to accept you as, as like a man on the team mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, I probably the, uh, yeah, you know what, actually, yes. Yeah. So it'd be like the toxic masculinity kind of stuff where like, you're like, Oh, you have to do this. And like, you know, if you're uncomfortable, like who cares, you know, mm-hmm. be a man. And it's like, no, like you should, you know, 
try not to make people uncomfortable and bring them in <laughs> and respect them and, and things like that. And so I think that's probably one of the, the big things where, and honestly, it's harder yeah. to, to kind of be vulnerable with people and to, mm-hmm. to um, I guess, uh, you know, be open with them and try and respect everything instead of just like kind of going stone cold and yeah. just being like, just gonna, you know, you know what I mean? Put a shield up. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the things I found uh, being very open about nobody I know doesn't like everybody knows me knows that I'm trans. Um, and I found that people seem more comfortable with me because like once they know that I'm trans, especially they all, it's almost as if it invites more vulnerability from somebody else. Um, and I wonder if it's because of the transness, I wonder if it's because they don't see me as, like for men. I wonder if it's because they see me as like somehow less man. I don't know what it is, but um, maybe it's because being trans is vulnerable and vulnerability invite vulnerability. I'm not sure, but I'm curious if, you, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I think, I think it's just that vulnerability invites vulnerability, but yeah. I, it's, it's not just um, it, if, if any, if any guy is vulnerable with you, like yeah. to be honest, a lot of guys aren't vulnerable with sure. each other. Yeah. So it's not if, something that I, we're taught. No, no. Yeah. And so if, if, you know, a guy, like, my best friends on the team, like when you're vulnerable about something, you know, they will, you know, start offering up their vulnerability too, because you can be vulnerable with each other, but it's much tougher if it's like a one way street. Right. So if someone goes first, you know, being vulnerable, it's much easier for the other person to be like, Hey, all right, you know, I'm actually really struggling with this. I haven't told anyone and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that, uh, yeah, so yeah, vulnerability invites vulnerability, but I think it's, it's kind of across all of guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I, and I think it, that also reminds me of just generally like even the vulnerability to, to, to stand up, for example, in the face of the sausages incident, um, once somebody said something, everybody else was also like, oh yeah, I didn't think that was right either. Or like, I also was struggling with that moment or I also didn't know what to do. And you, you had said something like Skylar, we laughed because you laughed and Mm -hmm. we didn't know what else to do. Um, and so there was this, there was this like really one of the heartwarming things about the moment is there was this, there was this upwelling from the whole team, from one person saying, Hey, that wasn't okay. Everybody was like, wait, actually I didn't think it was okay either. I was also uncomfortable Mm -hmm. kind of inviting that vulnerability from everybody. Um, and I, I think the, I guess the reason I'm asking this question is, is for, for like a, a takeaway for anybody who's listening is what helps a person specifically a man and maybe specifically a cis man like yourself, what helps you or anybody take that one step to be the first vulnerable person, right? To be the person who says, actually, I have something to say. What, what do you think helps people do that? You know, it's, it's, it's a tough question because it, to some extent you've got to put yourself out there and be like, no, that's not right. And you don't know how other people are going to react. Mm. And you, I guess, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what would help you do that. I think you have to decide, okay, I, I want to be like, that's not okay. You, you kind of have to make like a, a kind of moral decision. Like I really need to say something. Mm. Uh, and I don't think there's a really a way to make it that much easier. Mm. Um, maybe you could, yeah, (laughs) I mean, you could maybe, yeah, practice. Um, you can maybe also talk to other people in a smaller group Mm. and then be like guys, right? Like that was not right. Right. And then, and then when you go to a a larger group, you already know you have a few people who are behind Mm. you. Uh, which I think is, is kind of also like a little bit like how, uh, I think that next meeting on the team was a little bit, I think yeah. there was, there was discussions outside of, yeah. outside of before that meeting yeah. where, you know, people were kind of, um, being like, no, yeah, that was not good. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, 
in a in a guess more like sometimes you just have to do it mm. and stand yeah. up for what you believe in yeah and if you know there are a few people that will get behind you you can yeah. talk to them before i guess yeah uh but also you know you kind of have to trust everyone that you're talking to about it when you stand up that, right that they're going to at least respect your opinion and respect right. you yeah um but yeah. I don't know. That's a tough question. I mean, yeah. that's a question I don't know if I could answer. <laughs> well, I think you did a good job trying. And I, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it, there's, there's, there's sort of two sides of it. There's the internal battle, right? The morals where you say, okay, what do I want? What kind of person do I want to be? And what does that, what actions does that necessitate? And then the next part is how can I gather some kind of support mm-hmm. before I go to a bigger stage? Um, and I think that applies to a lot of big things that we need to speak into the world, whether it be standing up for some, somebody as an ally or whether it be being a queer person and coming out, right? That's mm-hmm. the, the advice that you gave just now is the same advice I give people when they're coming out. I say, figure out what you need to do. And then then get a small group of people, whether it be one person, two people, three people, before you then go and share it, you know, wider. Um, so I think that's great. And I, I, I think, you know, to, to wrap this up, Jack, I, you have been, you know, a really important ally to me in my, in my time and especially actually post-college. And, and you've always been, um, you know, when I, when I told you that, you know, I got married, you were so excited. You were like, come bring your wife to like have, you know, come hang out with us. And, and, and that just felt, I mean, I don't know why anybody would not be excited for somebody, but there was just like, there was this big excitement that I felt from you. And I've always felt that you've been a cheerleader or a, I don't know if that's the right word, but like a, a huge supporter of me, um, um, especially after college. And, um, and that has meant a lot to me. And so I'm, I'm curious kind of, um, as we wrap up, if there's anything else you want to share about what allyship means to you and like what being a supporter, um, to anybody whose identity you don't share, but I guess suppose in this case to a, a trans person specifically. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's a good question. I'm trying to, I mean, being an ally is, it's a really, like I derive a lot of like internal uh, pleasure to, to have, you know, that I support you Mm. and, you know, I I love you as a teammate and as a friend. Uh, And it's a really cool thing to, to, because again, I mean, we weren't super good friends at Mm -hmm. first on Mm -hmm. the team. Uh, And then kind of that relationship grows. And I feel like, uh, you know, I'm trying to, to be a good ally and you being very open and inviting me to these like spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, And, you know, you, it makes, it makes you feel really good to know that you're, you are helping in some way mm-hmm. or at least helping someone who was struggling yeah. to, you know, feel better about themselves, mm-hmm. um, to feel more supported in their community and accepted in, in, you know, on the team or whatever it is. Sure. Uh, you know, it's, it, I mean, <laughs> selfishly, it feels really good to be yeah. a great ally, you know, not that I'm a great ally, but, uh, you know, it's, I think you are. <laughs> thanks I'm trying, but it's, it's a, it's a nice thing to be able to support someone. And I think a lot of people feel that way, yeah. you know, and yeah. it, it doesn't, and I think that extends to like a lot of just friendships too. Like you right. love seeing your friends succeed and yeah. feel comfortable with themselves. And yeah. so if you can extend that, especially to people who kind of need that support even more, right. uh, you know, it's, it's a great thing to do and it's really not that hard to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's, you know, to, to add on to what you said, like the, the thing that you do well is, um, listen and, and then update. Right. And I think it's evident to me that you care, which is another reason that I feel comfortable with you, because I think there are probably people out there that 
are not as clearly caring. <laughs> um, and I think that caring carry, carries us through and, and carries us through mistakes, carries us through any kind of like bumps that might happen because that's bound to happen because we're different people with different experiences. In many ways, we have very similar experiences, right? But in some ways we don't. And I think that's sort of a conundrum of, of honestly humanity is that there are always things that are different about people and how can we navigate those things with learning, with respect, with understanding when we can, um, in a way that invites both people to continue to be, to like be in community with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that you, um, how do I say this best? I think that, I think that you are also humble in your allyship. And I think that's really important too. I think that a lot of people are like, I'm an ally. And then what happens when they do that is their title of ally is more important than the actions of ally. Right. Mm. And I, I've seen people do that where they, like, if God forbid I tell them that they said something that's wrong um, or that hurt my feelings, whether guard if it's wrong or not. Um, and they'll get upset. You know, they'll be like, Oh, why did you, cr I'm, I'm an ally. Don't you know why I support you? And I'm like, okay, but if you supported me, wouldn't you just update yourself? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think you did that well. And I think it's, but it's about humility and it's about being able to be like, Ooh, sorry, my bad. Right. Um, why are you able to do that? I don't think a lot of white cis men are good at that, to be clear with you, or to be frank. <laughs> oh, so I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a tough question to, to praise yourself. Uh, <laughs> I try. Um, <laughs> you got it. No, I think, I mean, being open and understanding yeah. that, like, mistakes happen. Right. Uh, and you should always just trust, like, you know, your friend to be like, hey, you know, yeah. no, don't do that. And you're like, oh. Sorry, like be constantly willing to learn and update. Yeah, I guess it's it's a willingness to learn and understanding you don't know everything. Mm. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's also just a great way to kind of live life yeah. to, to understand your own limits in some way yeah. that, you know, uh, you don't always come first and it, which I think is part of it. Sometimes a lot of people have like very me centric kind of personality sometimes mm. uh, and just being willing to, you know, I guess be, I guess humble. Yeah, sure. Uh, be humble with yourself and, and think through, you know, all right, I need to be better for this person. So I'll just do that, yeah. you know, and it's not, it's not a bad thing to like redirect, you know, your, you know, uh, view of the world, hmm. um, which I think some people kind of struggle with just like, sure. Cause they, they put themselves as they kind of build themselves up to be this perfect thing hmm. and understanding that. I mean, like no one's perfect. Right. So uh, I guess that's kind of a, and it's, a, it's almost like a vulnerability with yourself. Like mm. I need to be better for myself. I need to understand that I make mistakes and it's not the end of the world. Right. That you have to you always be willing to learn mm. and be better. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, what, I learned that first in swimming actually, because mm -hmm. it was very easy in swimming to be like, all right, well, I did that wrong. Let me fix it and move on. Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, oh my God, I'm a terrible swimmer. I can never swim again. Right. Yeah. It was just like, okay, you know, tighter off the walls, one more kick off the walls, whatever. Let me just move on. Right. Do you think that swimming helped you doing that too? I think sports in general, or that's yeah. a big thing where you kind of, number one, I, I think swimming is, is a big thing like this. You know who you're faster than mm. and who's faster than you. Mm. And so you like it, some people in other sports that are, uh, you know, maybe like uh, diving or like gymnastics where it's like graded and you like, well, the judge was just messing with me and sure. I was better. Yeah. Or, it's very objective sports. Yeah, exactly. So you, it, it's, it's 
you know, you know that you were like, this sounds kind of like bad, but like, you know, you were slower and you need to get yeah. better at it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a pretty hard sport because you like, you also know that this person's better than you. So right. if you want to get better than them, you have to work at this, you have to change right. this. Uh, and I think sports in general also just allow you to realize that you have flaws and so you have to fix them. Uh, like and in that same way, you know, yeah. you can, your personality can have flaws, I guess. Um, but <laughs> or, or allyship can make mistakes and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the important thing is that, you know, you don't shut down, you move past it and, mm-hmm. and continue to try and, you know, you know, be their friend. And, and, and to some extent, like being an ally is being a friend first. Mm. Uh, like when you're an ally, you're usually being an ally for someone mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's how a lot of people get into allyship. Sure. Um, and then when you get past that, like you're just a friend to that person. And then when you go and, you know, you see someone doing something wrong with someone else uh, and they're like, you know, I don't know if you see someone misgendering, like, Hey, no, no, no. Like that's because to some extent now it's like, if I hear someone misgender someone, I'm like, yeah. Hey, like that's not okay. But I feel like it's because I, I, I support you and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And so to some extent, like when I hear that, you're like, Oh, like, no, that's not, you know, I know how my friend would feel about mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. you shouldn't do it. And even if you don't have a, a queer friend, you should also know that you have friends and when they get their feelings hurt, you don't <laughs> like it, yeah. you know? So to some extent, it's like being a friend and then like an ally is kind of like just a, oh, like an all encompassing term, basically yeah. you support them as a friend. Right. That's the thing I don't, I guess I don't really totally understand with the ally kind of. Yeah. I term. mean, I think the ally just distinguishes whether or not you share that identity, right? Like I could have a trans friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if I'm a, a friend to another trans person and yes, I'm an ally to that person, but I'm also trans, right? Yeah. So like it's a little different. So I think ally we use spe- specifically to denote people who are supporters of, a, a, of an identity group that is marginalized that they don't share that identity with. Right? Okay. Um, but I think what you're saying is is crucial and is central to what allyship is. It is about treating other people as a friend. And when we say friend, it doesn't mean that you need to know the person necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's how would you treat a friend, mm-hmm. right? What would you protect a friend for? Um, what? How would you stand up for a friend regardless of, of like their identity background or or, or gender history or what have you. So um, I think that's a great note to end on, which is that being an ally is an extension of being a friend. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for spending this time. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for um, having me. I, yeah, I love you and I'm just grateful for your, for your friendship. Oh, I love you too. I'm grateful for our friendship. Yeah. Huh. This is awesome. Thanks so much to Jack who offered his time, his insights, his energy, and his friendship, not only in coming on this podcast episode, but also over the years. I have been deeply heartened, as I mentioned in the episode, by his extension of his compassion and friendship, something that I think I didn't always expect. Well, let me rephrase that and be more honest. Something that I definitely didn't expect, not necessarily just from him, but from a lot of people that I've met. So let's address the question directly, right? Because I think it's relevant as I'm as I'm reflecting on the episode. How do teammates support their trans teammates? I think the simplest answer is to be good teammates, period. Think about how you would support any teammate and translate that to what you would do for a trans teammate. How would you be a friend to anyone, right? A good friend, period. 
I think when people ask me about allyship, I, I often give them specifics, right? Call us the right name and pronouns, think about what would make us feel comfortable in a certain situation, respect our identities and so on. And these are specifics with regards to trans people. But if we zoom out, these are also specifics for any person. And a lot of what Jack talked about and what I've talked about with actually many of my teammates offline is the concept of really seeing me as a whole person. And as you heard in this conversation, and I've talked about this in other scenarios before, there is discomfort that some people experience around trans people, especially when they haven't previously met a trans person. But the barrier there is this assumed difference. It's considering us as some sort of category of other. And as we talked about, me and Jack, breaking apart that stereotype that a trans person is this other, this somebody that I can't connect to, and seeing, wait, hold on. Skylar is just like any other teammate, right? I can actually connect with him. He is just here to swim fast and do good in school the best that he can, just like any of us. So really, how do teammates support their trans teammates? They dig inwards and they recognize that a trans teammate is also just a teammate, that they deserve to be seen with their full dignity, with their full respect and the full exercise of their rights on that team, just like any other teammate. Jack and my other teammates absolutely created space that allowed me to feel like I could exist, like I could belong. And I want to add that it did take work, right? As I was talking about at the beginning of this reflection, it took me a while to actually realize that I could accept the acceptance from others because I was ready to have defenses. And so part of this work, and for any trans folks listening, part of this work is also allowing ourselves to be welcomed into other spaces while also taking care of ourselves and being cautious when we need to. Belonging is two-sided. Not only did I need to be welcomed in by my teammates, but I also had to step in myself. Teammates play that very integral role of both welcoming others in and stepping in themselves. And that is how we truly form a team. What do you think of today's answer? Send me your thoughts or any question you would like to ask me by going to dearskylar.com. You can send me a message via text or even better, a voice message. Dear Skylar was written and hosted by me, Skylar Baylor, for Diversion Audio. Our producer is Antonio Enriquez, and supervising producer is Mark Francis. Guest booking by Anthony Lopez and Keith Lowry with assistance from Corey Michibata. Our head of development is Jacob Bronstein with Emma DeMuth. Custom music by Tyler Cash. Our head of marketing is Nisha Gopalan. Executive producers for Diversion Audio are Jacob Bronstein, Mark Francis, Susan Canavan, and Scott Waxman. Diversion Audio.